What up? Welcome to the One Within All to another episode of Interverse Podcast and an extra fun one because we are live today. Seems to be the way that you and I do it. Welcome Beth Martins to the show. Today we're going to be talking about medical freedom. Probably two words you're not supposed to use together on censored <laughs> <Caesar> platforms. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so it's really good to see everybody that's already joined in on the live chat. And if you're hearing the playback of this on the RSS feed, it's a good idea to join the Interverse Telegram channel or set up notifications on YouTube to be given the heads up whenever we're going to do a live stream because those are pretty awesome and it's a whole different beast. But I like to think that we bring the exact same quality of content in these live streams, possibly more because we have this interactivity. Uh, so if you are new to the show, you can get the second hour of this podcast on Rockfin. There's a simultaneous stream going there that is going to continue after YouTube cuts off in the first hour. There's also the option for Patreon if you're nasty, but I'm not <laughs> a big fan of Patreon. We might talk about some new, all new reasons why that is with Beth because she's had some experience with that. So anyway, let's get this thing started. Beth, welcome to the show. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for having me, Chance. It's a thrill, actually. I love being on your show. So great to be here. I love having you on my show. If people didn't catch that, uh, Chance was on my show on Wednesday talking about the devil in the data. The devil is in the data. Yeah, let's give them a little more info about that because it's a good one to put into your queue. And it yeah. does sort of relate to what we're going into here. It does, exactly. So let me grab a link for you guys for that quickly. And uh, yeah, it was it was born of uh, a good friend of mine, Art Zimmerman, was saying that that God knows everything and the devil wants to know everything. Right. So data has become very important and not it's not a new thing, but now it's it's tantamount. That's that is the main thing that they're doing is trying to get us to all re basically reduced down into some ones and zeros and so that they can control people on mass. And uh, so we went into a lot of detail. Chance had some great resources there, some awesome stuff. So here, let me see. I'm uh, on too many windows at the same time. My favorite part was that internal video from Gulag where they talk about how, I'm sorry, Google for those. <laughs> <laughs> They talk uh -huh. about how they're going to influence the genetic uh, future of humanity through data-driven human behavior manipulation. Pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. exactly. exactly. And that was an internal video for their employees. You know, that wasn't supposed to be leaked out to the public. Yep. Yeah, it's all so messy in there in the, in the truth world right now. Wow. You know, <clears throat> after all this time, I, I did think I would, be, I would be totally clear on a bunch of stuff. And it's, it's for the most part created more questions and, uh, and that's okay because that, that is really the basis for wisdom here. I'm going to share your, your, um, I'm going to share, uh, actually, am I able to comment here? No, I'm not. Okay. So I'm going to private chat. Here's the link to the Rockfin stream that you and I did the other day. And I'll let you share that because for some reason I can't do it from here. Yeah, I'm all over it. Cool. Okay, perfect. So to get this thing started, it's like where to start. We obviously, you know, those of us there here joining, tuning in, we know that the tyranny is bad and the overreach is getting worse, but we're seeing the Delta. I like to call it the Delta scariant. I, I have to give credit because so good. Uh, 
I listened to this radio, internet radio show, Media Monarchy, with James Evan Pilato. He works closely with the amazing James Corbett as well. And he comes up with, or at the very least, <laughs> says the most amazing word plays on the different things that they are pulling on us right now. So you got the Delta Scariant, you got the Health Scare Mafia. It's all about scare, scare, scare. It really is. It really is. It's the basis. Yeah, I'd like to start talking about uh, medical exper- uh, experiments versus medical experience. And I think this this uh, word experiment has been extracted. Was it, in fact, you and I that had this conversation already? I don't know who I'm talking to anymore these days. But, uh, but the word, no, I think it was somebody else, that the word experiment is rooted in experience. That's where we get the word expert from. And this is a concept that has been very badly inverted and abused. Hello, the Nagus. Nice to see you guys over here. Susan is over here. Some of the good folks followed from my channel. Snake Jones. Excellent. Haley G. That's awesome. And, you know, so when you think about the, the most valuable thing, for example, when people try to wave around, oh, I've got this degree and I've got, you know, I've read all these books and, and that can be good. Knowledge, knowledge is not wrong by any means. I'm not against that. But when that is the sole reason for them claiming their expertise, then, I, you know, it means nothing to me. It's like, well, what have you done? What results have you got in your own life? What results have you helped others achieve that is based on that wisdom and experience? And some people will come to me and say like, oh, well, I'm qualified for nothing, but I, you know, <clears throat> went through this major ordeal in it with my health, with uh, relationships, and I got to the other side, and now I know what not to do. And it's like, no, no, you have something huge to offer other people in that, in because of that experience, much, much more so than if you went and did some degree about it. <clears throat> So that's something. And then, and then now what's happening to us is a massive medical experiment, right? You can't use the word. Now, is there any buzzwords I should, I should definitely stay away from or couch in other terms? Oh, you know, do your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I enough. got a strike on my channel for this, then I would just be keeping up with the uh, other amazing channels that I follow like you and... <laughs> Lindsay Sharman over at Rogue Ways. You guys are getting the one-week bans left and right. I actually got some weirdness with the Wayne McCroy episode I just put out. First of all, the views were going up, and then my channel disappeared for half a day. And when it came back, the views were down, were lower. And there was no notification of why. Like, the channel was there, but just there were no videos on it. It was total gaslighting. Right, right, exactly. Fuckery, right? Just to make you think you're crazy. Gaslighting. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, so so the, um, the experimentation is pretty much the whole game as far as I'm concerned in, in uh, so-called medical science, that it, it was always an experiment. They will call it treatment, but it's really experiment. It is the same gathering of data to see how these, uh, you know, Frankenstein, um, you know, what's that word, uh, draconian uh, treatments, the, the tests and the treatments are equally 
in the same range of, you know, blood sacrifice, even just right down to blood tests. I was telling you on my stream that they would take my blood every single time I went to the doctor, and that was a lot. But for, for your audience members who don't know, I'm a, a survivor of a stage four lymphoma. I was diagnosed at 29 years old and went through three years of intense medical treatments. I actually tried to avoid the medical system like the plague itself, because by that point I knew a lot about it and my family was full of medical people. I, you know, there, there was, I had way too much evidence to see also on the natural side that there are things we can do for our health, that the health, that the medical system is never actually going to, um, you know, tell us about or encourage us to do. And to be fair, they don't study any of that. So they don't know anything. They can't interface with natural medicine. It's a complete miscommunication uh, when it comes to that. So, uh, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, what I saw is that every single thing they were doing to me, whether it was a test or a treatment, it was all an experiment. They had no way to give me any kind of uh, conclusive results about why things worked. It was full of mystery, uh, stuff you just simply had to believe in. When when they would take my blood every single week, it was, I swear it was two and a half years that they had been taking my blood every single week. And I finally asked them, well, what do you notice about my blood? How's my blood going? What does it reflect about my cancer? And they said, oh, your kind of cancer doesn't show up in blood work. And I'm like, what are you telling me? This is over. You cannot have my blood. Can I get that stuff back? <laughs> I miss it, right? What are you doing with it over there, you vampires kind of thing? You know, not to be too harsh on every single individual in the medical system. It's not like that. There are good people in there that are just extremely led they're astray. They're being weeded also. out. I think they're fewer and farther between at this point. Good point. Exactly. You know that question they are. of blood, I just want to say there's a real spiritual aspect to the blood and it is considered in the occult to be the carrier of life force energy and even in you know a materialist view it's carrying and circulating the oxygen that is the divine spirit spirit and breath are the same word in latin so the whole game right now is to get people to willingly corrupt their own blood which there's so much so many problems with that i had Clint Richardson on earlier in the year to talk about that very topic because he has an extremely good documentary called Lethal Injection 2, Corruption of Blood. So not only is your life force giving or life force circulating medium being interfered with with all this, but you've also got patents that are probably being put on you genetically because now you're a GMO human, depending on what you've allowed into your body. I say you, probably nobody that's listening right now, but I want to share a story to uh, help people who haven't tried to do this yet. Because, I mean, I didn't know just how bad it was. I was helping or seeing off at the airport someone very close to me who was leaving the country a couple weeks ago. And she'd gotten her testing done because you have to have tests done for cooties before you're allowed on the plane if you don't have your they don't call it a passport but you know it's your jab id card i'll call it poison dart i don't think the algorithms know about poison dart but <laughs> so you have you have to if you don't have your dart card then you have to have the testing done so she did that and got it 
within the amount of time that they said it needed to be. And then she shows up to the airport. Me and her family are all there with her. And the uh, attendant at the desk is like, no, this is actually too long ago by like a day. So we're not going to let you on the plane today. Sorry. Nothing you can do about it. The exact words that came out of her mouth were, <laughs> oh, man, this made me so mad. Oh, well, where's your dart card? Let me see that and we'll get you right on. And she's like, I don't have one. And the lady says, well, you know, this would just be so much easier if you would get it. Uh, but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. So they managed to at least give her a new ticket instead of just keeping the money. And the new tickets for the next day. And just to be on the safe side, she'd gotten another test um, that had the results hadn't come in yet. So she thought, I'll just use this test because now the results are in the next day, day and they can use it. <laughs> well, they denied that one, too, because it had been too long by 20 minutes. They said this <laughs> test is 20 minutes too old. Oh, God. and the real kicker is that the flight was delayed by like 30 minutes. So that was why the test was too old. So another ticket reshuffle and she comes back later that day for the final one after going to a specific like rapid test clinic or whatever that the airport employee themselves or the airline employee told her, go to this place, get this exact rapid test, come back this afternoon, we'll get you on this later flight. And so all of that rigmarole is completed. She comes back and they, the, new employee who's working for the airline behind the desk at this point is like, oh, we can't accept this. Um, it doesn't have the right official looking, I guess, stamps or fonts or who the hell knows. Mm. So this could be forged and we're not we're not going to let you on. We can't take this. And it felt like they just stalled and tried to ignore and beat the clock till that flight left, too. But eventually we were like an angry mob at this point. All the yeah. people there to see her off at the airport uh, to and we were getting in the way of everything. So I guess they decided to just let her on at that point. But it took three tries. And I worry about the return trip because just a couple, I think a couple days ago this week, the United States Senate has introduced a bill from the uh, blue Pepsis, probably, that says you're going to have to have that. <laughs> I guess they're not going to call it a passport, right? A, a dart passport. They just need to say proof of being darted to come into or leave the country by plane. So I'm really crossing my fingers that that doesn't go through. It's just the most, this is the stuff we were talking about early on March, 2020, like this is coming, this is coming, fight this, fight this. But it's like, how do we fight this? At what point does all of the noise that we make about it even make a difference? And at what point do we have to just take it on a individual basis on the fight for whether or not, you know, we get to get on a plane or not. And how do you deal legally with a system that is populated by slaves that don't even know the, the rights themselves or the laws themselves? I mean, mm -hmm. people think that the word mandate means law. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, we're used to, and especially here in Canada more so than where you are in the U.S. And, and some other parts of the world, but we're used to being, you know, hearing somebody say, that's an order. And you're like, oh, okay, it's an order. I better, I'm going to just do that because I'm scared. <laughs> and then learning that, yeah, orders are actually not laws. 
and uh, they were they were created in the world of commerce statutes mandates orders acts all of those things act the actors in 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 the acts right they're they're making this shit up they are authoring these documents and therefore creating their authority which is is true that, that they do have authority when we are in their jurisdiction that is that is the fact of a matter now when they start to really encroach on your um, you know bodily wellness on on uh, penetrating your body whether it's f- through multiple tests I'm so sorry what your what your friend went through in tests alone never mind the hassle but um, the the invasive procedures I'm extremely familiar with invasive procedures they are absolutely a violation not just of body but of of the soul there is there is a loss you 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 create a hole in that person's soul that way by their agreement to allowing themselves to uh, to be penetrated I was actually attacked as a child with a vaccine I was uh, I was uh, tricked I, I went to the doctor I was completely protesting as a young child I already knew that, that these things were were not to be uh, put in the body did I say that word out loud? Anyway, so they, they lied to it's me. It's just one. They said it one time. Maybe it's just like <laughs> a, a quota that you can't go past. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so so then they lied to me. They took me and said, oh, no, no, this is just going to happen to your sister. And on, on my, my way out, and I'm so happy with myself because I stood up for myself and, and I was they were letting me get away with it. Next thing you know, there's hands on me. They grab me. They jam the needle right in my body. And that's that, you know, it's, it's it not only exactly happened to me, but it's symbolic of the way that they, they're now, you know, making it a choice. Well, you don't, but you don't, it's so much a choice, but you don't get to work at your job or travel out of the country or get the privileges of, for example, in Manitoba, stand here, you don't get to gamble if you don't have this uh, double dart uh, treatment, experimental treatment going on, right? Which is kind of good. Are they taking oh, the gamblers out? Don't you know? Don't you know? You got to get a third one to protect you from everyone that didn't get any, because the <laughs> Delta Scarion is super cooties on steroids, and it's definitely going to kill grandma if you don't get it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Those scariants, man, those scariants. And that's why I, I, I have to, it doesn't matter what I do these days, I have to make a plug to let people know, if you still have a belief in germ theory, and that's all you can have is a belief. There's no way to prove this. Absolutely no way to prove it, especially where the uh, the boogeyman at hand is concerned, or any variation thereof, or even any you know whether it's uh, uh, measles or mumps or um, you know the herpes or all of those kind of uh, things in that same category of treatment that we've used the word that really means poison in Latin, right? It doesn't mean what it means. It doesn't mean microbe at all. Um, the, the medical system can agree that this thing isn't alive, therefore, and this was my very first idea when the, the pandemic hit, trying to get people to explain to me, how do you transmit something? How is something transmitted when it's not alive? And they're like, oh, it's the droplets, and they travel, and they jump off cardboard, and those damn droplets are, you know, they don't make it out of your out of your face, they, they do, right? We've they seen, can get we've you in your car while you're driving alone. I know and that's why while you're in the car alone. That's right. You better <laughs> muzzle it that. and turn off your vents. And uh, if you're out in the middle of the country, we've seen people alone with their dog in the middle of the country and they're all masked up. And it's just like, what? 
right? So so you, you got to break that spell. And it took me 20 years to break that spell. So I'm, I'm not saying this is any little thing at all that, you know, we are severely mind wiped and uh, and mind controlled by this idea that that one can pass to the other. I still have a reaction when a little kid sneezes around me. I still am doing this because I've I've been sick a lot and I've, I'm traumatized by that. And my immune system, if you can call it that, it's really the nervous system. I believe it's uh, much more the nervous system than any fictional immune system we, we we're not immune we are we are uh, detoxing machines that's what the the whole internal environment is designed to balance itself in fact it's always in balance it never goes out of balance what we're observing as disease is the balance we don't like right we don't want a balance that includes pain and suffering and indigestion and uh you know problems with our mind in terms of thinking too much or erratic or or the heart full of fear all of that kind kind of stuff so it's not to be ignored but to know that this is this is life balancing itself that's how it looks right when they attack us with weather weapons and then the weather goes crazy that's not actually the problem. Now, you, of course, you can't like treat a symptom like that, but uh, it's I I just like that paradigm that this is always how how God's balance looks under these circumstances, and that's that's the basis for health. If your body, your heart, and your mind uh, are full of stuff that shouldn't be there for one reason or another, that that you actively put it there because you're consuming it and and like it on some level or it's being weaponized against you in the form of chemicals and, uh, you know, what, whether it's the food, the, the air, the water, the things they're spraying at us, never mind the emotional, spiritual stress, that is intensely toxifying, right? I can go through a stressful experience and, you know, be, be a little hairy, and then all of a sudden my body is exuding poison. Well, thank you, body, for doing that. I'm not uh, thinking that's a problem anymore. My body's working for me. I can literally smell the toxins coming out of me from that exact stress, adrenaline rush, cortisol streaming through my body. So everything's working in your favor, and it's just to take care of your terrain. So, you know, somebody else's health really could never affect your health. And this is a big bandwagon that I'm on right now as well. In addition, there's no such thing as public health. The definition of public health is the is the the basis for what they're doing to us. There is some fictitious quality of public health that can be measured, monitored, and and uh, datafied or datatized or however that no, no both of those aren't words for creating words here today. Yeah, that's why we have a case demic, not an actual pandemic. That's it. That's why they can do a case demic to us at all. Is this convincing us there's such thing as 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 the public health? Now there is the health of the population, the health of the public. All that is are are the the sum total of each individual. There's no crossover. There's no affecting. Now, having said that, I think if we got really down into it, the energetics, the waveform mechanics, as uh, Dr. Berlanda would talk about it, then that that is the place where there is much more of a public health. But that's not at the level of microbes. Some people will say, like Dr. Kaufman, Andrew Kaufman will say that there is no contagion. Same with Tom Cowan. He wrote The Contagion Myth. He'll just say it doesn't exist. 
I tend towards more of that. Tom Barnett, for example, will talk about the, um, you know, uh, anything viral is actually not con contagious. Absolutely not for that reason we talked about before that it's not alive. But things like fungus and bacteria, because they are alive, can be transmitted. But I know that people went to great lengths to try to prove germ theory and were not successful. There's huge amounts of literature to back all of that up. So, you know, at and the end of the day... It gets day, people confused mm -hmm. because they, the uneducated on the subject will mix up the one germ for another. They, you know, viruses and bacteria, well... You're saying viruses can't be transmitted then that must mean that you don't believe in e coli or something like that but we're talking about different things you know something that's alive mm -hmm. as a microorganism versus something that is not exactly and for the most part it's not the microorganism that makes you sick take a perfectly healthy person and introduce a bunch of somebody's unhealthy bacteria it might very well have no effect on them because they've got the environment to deal with it. They're like, oh, those guys, I, I recognize those guys. We got these guys over here and they all work together really nicely and uh, we'll just handle that. I studied with someone in India studying yoga day after day. All of his students got sick with a, a local microbe and, and those things, I, I was just about to say they're real, but you know, people, people get a lot of stomach stuff. I had a ton of stomach stuff when I was there. Uh, drinking different water, all of that, you know, whether it's actual ingestion of microbes or could be ingestion of toxins that you're not able to handle or you're not familiar with handling. And yeah, they're going to throw you off. And this could even of be traveling. the energy of the water in that area that's influenced by the culture there that's so different from yourself that the adjustment period is difficult because water carries so much information. It really does. Yeah, that's smart. Exactly. And uh, so just to finish this story quickly that the, the our teacher went and got it tested because everybody was falling down sick. And his test showed he was full of this microbe, like chalk full of it, but he had zero symptoms whatsoever. So he was handling it. They were, they were, there was a coexistence. He was, he was, you know, extremely healthy, doing a ton of yoga, all the breath work, all the fire, internal fire was working, which is what we need to burn through that stuff. That's why in India, they eat a lot of chilies, <laughs> <laughs> right? You got that internal fire and uh, it goes a long way. That's why we eat wasabi with, with uh, poisoned fish in our, in our sushi. That's right? a really good point. Yeah, I'm glad Fevers. you told that story because what I was holding on to my mind to bring up was the idea of feedback loops in your biological system that Wayne and I talked about in the last episode and how when the internal circuit of your energy flow is actually free and not compartmentalized by different forms of like trauma or damage that then will not allow the body to communicate with itself properly and for those different detox channels and pathways to work things out, that's when the illness actually arrives. So you've got the example of the teacher who's doing all these practices that keep his internal energy in the right type of flow. And then doesn't matter how much of the microbe goes in, the body knows how to detox that or how to handle it. So it's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. also want to say that when I was a kid, you brought up a similar thing that I experienced as a five-year-old before going to kindergarten when they had to give you however many needles are required to go into the government prison masquerading as an education facility. <laughs> <laughs> I freaked out so bad. Like I was not a tantrum throwing kid at all. 
I rarely cried. I was a really happy-go-lucky kid. And that day, I remember it clearly, although it was blocked out of my memory for many years. And when I started researching what goes on with, you know, this type of medical procedure that starts with a V, a word that comes from vaca, which means cow in Latin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, herd immunity. Uh, <laughs> I, I had these memories flood back of being terrified and uh, like literally running around the clinic trying to get away from my mom and like screaming and crying and they had to hold me down and give it to me. And then for years of my childhood, I had a recurring nightmares of being killed by somebody injecting a doctor injecting me with something like a little kid having nightmares of getting a lethal injection. So it's not like maybe every kid has that level of trauma about it, but it was the first and worst probably violation of my free will as a human being by adults as a child. And I carried it with me unconsciously for many years. And it's a, uh, it's bad news. Yeah. I'm very sorry you went through that and have a story. So you after, too. Mm, thank you. After I had recovered from cancer within months, I was actually back in some of those same environments as a musician. Some of you get, maybe don't know that uh, I have music in my background. I'm, I'm shooting some over to, to chance for some future streams, possibly that won't get, uh, you know, uh, copyright, writ, uh, copyright struck, strick, stricken. <laughs> and um, so, damn it, what was I going to say? You're talking about your, uh, your bad experience with the doctors and shoot. Homeostasis and feedback loops and... You know, Ryan in the chat brought up a good example. What's up, Ryan? Really clutch member of my Telegram group there. Oh, I love Ryan. He says the studies universities did on Wim Hof are a perfect example of how properly maintaining homeostasis and having the right energy flow in your body can help you. I mean, they were trying to make him sick. They were injecting him with bacteria and things that would make anybody very ill or normal people, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. It comes down to basic, I can't remember what my point was, but it does come down to basic uh, self-responsibility that we are mostly terrified of. People don't want that. They are more scared of self-responsibility than they are afraid of dying. They're more afraid of responsibility than they are afraid of being perpetrated. <laughs> Got the cat on the stream. And uh, so this is the thing, you know, when, <clears throat> when I finally, after three years treatments, I, uh, I did have a very bad, what they called viral outbreak. And uh, so I went to the doctor and I was in the habit of going back to my oncologist, who, by the way, had committed suicide, not a happy man. Uh, and I would, I would keep going back to them. I would keep putting myself in their hands because it seemed safe, right? That I, I couldn't just be off on my own doing my own thing. And uh, so I went to the doctor with this viral outbreak and they're like, oh my God, this is terrible. This means you're going to die. This means your cancer came back. We have to throw you in the hospital immediately. You can't even go home to get a book or anything like that. They threw me in isolation. They, They pumped me up full of antiviral drugs. I had this incredibly bad reaction, my whole body, my face, I have scars all over, uh, very, very fine scars all over my eyes and uh, down through my nerve lines where the the whole thing was attacking me or whatever was going on exactly there. And, uh, And there came a point where I knew I needed to get out. 
I literally needed to get out. I felt like I was in jail. I knew I wasn't safe anymore in these people's hands. And so what did they make me do is sign my life away. That's what I had to do. I had to sign that I was not going to hold them liable for anything bad that happened to me. All I was able to get them to agree to was that they would let me go home, but that the nurse would come every day to give me this slew of drugs. And uh, the first time that that nurse came, I had a major allergic reaction to it. I knew, and this is, this is a big thing about self-responsibility that I finally learned, that all of the knowledge that you need really is inside of yourself. And that you don't, I mean, I'm not giving you advice because you have to follow, anybody who's listening, you have to follow your own God-given intuition. If I for some reason got the, the sense that, Beth, you need to go and get this test or get that test, I will follow it. But if I don't get that sense, I'm not going to likely ever get tested for anything again. I'm not going to be part of their experiment that causes them to, like we talked about on on the stream the other day, diagnose me so two of us cannot know anything, right? The very basis for that data that they get, it doesn't tell you anything. And it doesn't even necessarily give you the basis for treatments. You know, the, the gory cancer tests that I went through, the biopsies, the... You know, I remember there was one in my chest and I mean, I don't, I don't want to traumatize anybody. Maybe I just won't even go into any detail. What they did to me was left me with, with trauma, like insane amounts of trauma. And um, then you come out the other side, it was completely inconclusive. So they had to do it again. And then it was inconclusive again. And then they start leveling treatments at me. And I'm like, well, what is this based on? What are these treatments based on if all of these tests were inconclusive? Oh, it's your weight and your gender. Oh, so I went through the bloody gore of your testing experimentation for nothing when you just could have weighed me and put some drugs in my arm. Right. So, um, well, there there it is. I mean, we talked about this in the big data episode, how statistics are a set of lies agreed upon, essentially, not Mm. unlike history. We have completely faulty assumptions with statistics and the entire deal with the current system of health care is at one size fits all one dart fits all, I guess, three darts at this point. (laughs) But that's even experimental. So it's like, it takes like maybe two brain cells to see that this makes no sense. And that is what makes the mind control people are under so completely flabbergasting Mm -hmm. that you can easily, well, if you, I guess, have your ear to the ground in circles like us, you'll hear things like uh, a couple months ago, there was a someone recorded a phone call, I think it was either to Johnson and Johnson or Pfizer, where they asked the employee over the phone, like, am I part, if I receive this, am I part of, since these have not been like clinically tested or the trials are incomplete, does that mean if I get it, I'm part of the experiment? And the guy on the phone from the corporation laughed and was like, yeah, basically. (laughs) It's not even hidden. None of it is even hidden. But I was talking to Clive DeCarl yesterday which was really fun. He had mm-hmm. me on, I think it's just part of a secret health club thing. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to release, but when it does, oh, I'll let people know. Yeah, that was pretty so cool. Good. Got nice. to meet Clive. Nice. That was nice. Out yeah, of the I blue. saw him in a 
I saw him in uh, Mexico a couple of years ago at an Arcapulco. Yeah, he actually brought up that uh, in Arcapulco, funny enough. We talked mm -hmm. about that, but he has uh, some really great zingers on his website. And I'll try to imitate his accent, but he says, <laughs> your body is not low on pharmaceutical drugs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's like the best one liner. But he also says, there are only three reasons why we lose our health, physical damage, toxicity, and nutrient deficiency. And that mm. might seem a little simplified, but even if you look at the concept of the gut biome and how that affects our health, well, what the gut biome does it has to do with where you're, how you detox things out of your digestive tract and specifically how you absorb the nutrients of your food. So even if you have a gut biome problem, what's actually hurting your health is the nutrient deficiency from the gut biome problem. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all predicated on lack, right? Like that's the the uh, satanic world that we live in, that it's you lack this and you lack that. I, I do agree that your your health really does come down to your, your inner terrain, as we were talking about. And I'm a huge fan of probiotics. I make, I, I can't reach any of them now, but I've been making ferments now that the harvest time is starting to roll in and we're preserving food. And uh, it turns them into superfoods, right? You take a basic cabbage, which is 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 good for you if, you if you cook it, you shouldn't eat it raw. And then you ferment it instead of cooking it it's a it's another form of cooking or pre-digesting it breaking it down and uh, making it much easier to digest than even that raw food would be and then um, you know the only bacteria that can thrive in a salt environment is lactobacilli so it basically makes it a very clean environment and it blooms this huge uh, you know uh, biome of of probiotics that your body thrives on not only does it create the actual bacteria but it creates lactic acid which are the food for that bacteria to thrive in your own body and this is something that I came across a little bit late. Too bad I didn't really tune into probiotics while I was very sick back then. But um, when I had my two-year-old and, and I was struggling with my health just because I hadn't slept in, I don't know, forever by then, that point, more than two years, and I got into probiotics, it was a huge boost to my health. I went from, you know, here to way up here in about six months, building that biome up on a regular basis. And now there literally is not a day that goes by that I don't uh, eat and drink probiotic foods. It's, it's just become a habit of mine. And making my own, I highly recommend making your own because the the level of probiotics is much higher than it would be when you when you store by those those things. So yeah, I can't say enough good about those bacteria. Not everybody agrees. Like Andrew Kaufman would say, no, don't take those in. That's uh, that's like a sign of lack and you know dealing in germ theory and that kind of thing. But it's the proof is in the pudding. I don't want. See, I, don't I want... think that that certain people like that are kind of extreme to the point of like I'm a little suspicious about it. When it comes to I saying agree. germ theory is not real, therefore bacteria aren't real or shouldn't have no place. And yeah, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. what you said about making it yourself is the uh, key thing. Not mm -hmm. that I'm personally doing that <laughs> currently, but I know that that makes a big difference. Uh, not not advice people, but we're talking about experiences. And I know someone who has the experience of helping their child reverse autism with fermenting foods, wow. among other things. Like, and obviously that particular condition has to do with what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it might even be affecting people's brains in adulthood now, turning them into, you know, 30 year old Alzheimer's patients in terms of how well they can comprehend 
basic reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's freaky, but I want to pivot here a little bit, right? And get into a can subject. I, can I that... quickly just say one thing? Oh, please, yeah. Just, yeah, to, just to finish I'll off hold the, my, my question. The experimentation. I want to do the experiment. I don't want anyone experimenting on me. I want to do the experiment. And I have had some failed experiments, you know, so I, I use oil of a I have pine. Maybe I said this the other day too, some repeats. And I had a, I had a, one time I had a bad reaction because I took too much. Well, I learned, I learned with every cell of my body and my experience not to do that again. But it wasn't over off the charts. I didn't have to go to the hospital. It was, you know, I'm willing to experiment to try different f foods, to take different foods out, to up the probiotics, see what happens. You know, for example, I make kefir and, and I started eating the grains in, in large quantity, right? People would only drink the water. I've been eating the grains and, and so it, no one told me to do that. I just felt to do that. I've put things in my eye like tea tree oil or salt in my eye or even the oil of pine in my eye. I've put uh, hot peppers, this was by accident, in my eye. And, and done all of these experiments on myself, often with great results. And I can take it. I'm responsible. Whatever happens to me, I'm going to assume responsibility for it. And uh, <clears throat> oh, my God, Michelle, that's craziness. Oh, yeah, I'll wow. Just, wow. Michelle says so she sorry woke to hear up that. in the ICU with an ulcer that had burst through her bowel and gave, put her into sepsis. And 25 staples later, she woke up. And uh, only God knows what happened to her body during that trauma. Oh, yeah, that, you, it really is at this point complete madness to uh, any further than you have to trust the the ones in the white robes because mm -hmm. there are times where, you know, I won't be completely blanket statement and say you should never go to a hospital. If there is something life-threatening that you need to be stabilized for, like you need to set a broken bone, these things are helpful, but... I wonder how people before this was a thing would handle when their kid broke a bone. Do you think that maybe we had more practical knowledge as a whole? I mean, anyway, I, I, we got kind of derailed by that. <laughs> That's the fun <laughs> thing about live streaming. The, the chat comments are really lit, but mm -hmm. it, I, I did, don't know if you were done with what you were uh, flowing through there. Yeah, just, just the point that I'm going to make the experiment so that I can get the experience that's the value of experimenting. So you have experience and, and lived wisdom for moving forward into the future and maybe giving other people uh, insight. Now, if other people experiment on you, you don't get that. You don't know, right? And, and they're not sharing the results of the experiment with you. And like you said, these are all trials with this poison dart. So some people are getting the real thing and some people are not. Nobody knows that there's no disclosure. Right. And I don't know, maybe there's uh, a bunch of stuff we want to say for the second hour that might be a little more uh, dicey to talk about as well. But where we we're going to really roll to? the dice in the second hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm re I'm ready to push the buttons a little bit on GooTube. I'm not scared of them. And I want to talk about the stuff that has been happening in terms of like physical action being taken. I'm not a big protest guy in terms of thinking that asking Big Daddy, or I guess in the case of a Pepsi-controlled government municipal corporation, they're mommies. So I kind of see the uh, the Pepsi side as the blue side as being like they want a nurturer, do everything for you type of m big mama government, whereas the Cokes are like uh, they want a patriarchal government that kind of stays out of your business but 
doesn't take any shit and protects you. But anyway, um, protesting to either Big Mama or Big Daddy to ask them to fix things is like going to somebody that's been beating you every day and saying, hey, would you just only beat me five days a week instead of seven days a week? Yeah. It, but the concept of rallying and getting together and sharing information, you know, I like rally better than protest. So anyway, I know you've been uh, at attendance and some things like that over in Manitoba stand, <laughs> or is it China? To? China. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. One of those things. Yeah. The province of Manitoba stand in the country of China. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say my, my buddy, Joel, who's going to be actually the next guest on the show from Australia. Yes. He I love went Joel. To Rafiti. One of these Joel Rafiti. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love you that went guy. on here for the truth, right? They have here for the truth podcast. I'm going to be on in September and I'm going to have them on as well. And I've worked with Joel. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, Joel's new to me, but he's really great. And I'm super happy that we got connected through uh, me and your Asmos already knowing each other, his co host. But he went to one of these rallies in Australia and had the police coming to his door. I think multiple times to like interrogate him and intimidate him and question him about his role and what else is, what else are you planning? And you, you dangerous dissident. So I don't know if it's that bad for you over there, but these are the things that are really just a one hop away in the United States in a lot of places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the rallies here in, in Manitoba have been uh, a little bit lame. I'm always, extremely reticent to go to them. I've probably been to half or three quarters at the very most of those, which is not super supportive of the, the community that's that's very into it. <clears throat> they stopped calling them protests for the exact reason you said it's not, we're not going to ask permission for, to our perpetrators for them to perpetrate a little less or to get on board with us. Anybody who's trying to change policy I think it's it's a, a fruitless endeavor what's, whatsoever. You're working with that system in their jurisdiction. They author it. They are in control of it. Uh, so this particular rally that I went to, I was actually asked to live stream at it. And uh, it's like, okay, I'll go. And uh, I always have the sickest feeling in my stomach. The only thing that makes me feel more sick is not going. So I go. And uh, it turned out to be actually a really nice crowd of people. <clears throat> you know, for us, we had about 300 people out. And one difference of this rally was that they had an open mic. And I'm like, oh, my God, open mic. So I didn't have to be, you know, billed to speak. I jumped up and, and gave a talk, talked a little bit about the law and what people can do, trying to rally some parents in this province to, to I hate to say it this way, but to give a shit. You know, how, how can you sit back and let a government mandate a, uh, a vaccine to 12-year-olds without parental permission and, and invent this idea of informed consent that is an utter fiction? There is none, especially not for children, but not even for adults. There literally is no basis for informed consent that could never exist with something that hadn't been tested. Informed consent means you know what's going to happen on the other side. You know the eventualities. You know how it played out for others, and then you can make a decision based on that reality. So at this rally, a number of people got up and started giving their firsthand accounts of what they were going through, that what their loved ones, you know, someone got up and uh, she said, I, I didn't expect to be able to talk about this, but I can't stop myself. 
And um, my son's dad just went and got the jab. Next thing you know, he's in my arms convulsing out of control. He's been in ICU ever since and all this. And she's bawling through it. We're all crying with her. The, the, those firsthand things that are irrefutable, right? We're not talking about videos and he said this and she said that. This is the person that held that person in her arms as he nearly dies. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know the outcome. I'm not sure what exactly happened there, but of course the medical system, then then they, they, they eat them up entirely because they have to go back to the medical system to solve out this emergency. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a good thing that there was another woman from the Natives, Native Reserves. She said she drove two hours to get to this rally to report. She didn't report at the, the rally, but apparently they are going door to door with the poison dart in the uh, in the reserves for the Native, Native Americans. Like they're so seriously targeted, those populations. By the way, not the first time that the reservations were uh, charitably taken big truckloads or I guess wagon loads during the horse and buggy days of, you know, things that are going to protect them from all those terrible illnesses ravaging their community that have nothing to do with the way that their nutrition was annihilated through poverty. And uh, not to mention the sorrow of their existence, probably being a factor into how well their health was working. Just saying that like, mm -hmm. this is eugenics and the first peoples or native Americans are, have always been the first on the chopping block in the eugenics, you know, cut line. You got it. Yeah. And it's no different now. That's exactly what that speaker pointed out. Like, oh, this seems like re residential schools. Oh, this seems like the, you know, exact same thing that we've already been through. And our governments, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was, uh, you know, a big, I'll call it discovery, but really, I think it's just a, a psyop in the media to uh, talk about uh, thousands of children that, that were uh, the graves were unearthed and they found all the, these uh, these children had been killed. Well, perfect timing. And she said outright, like, why are we paying attention to that? Because that's exactly how they're hypnotizing out of uh, us seeing right now. So we all end up traumatized by this past thing. And and yes, of course, if it's true, it's very important. Like we have, we had in front of uh, our legislature, there was, was uh, flags for each of the individual children, right? So we've got all of our attention, all of our media focused on this historical event, just the for the smoke and mirrors of getting our attention off the fact that it's happening right now. They are Lindsay doing Arogues that. did a really good job covering that. Oh, good. And it's just a drop in the bucket for yes. the Vatican, anything the Vatican has their hands on and children. It is, yeah, it's very frustrating how yeah. easily, you know, the, the attention span is hijacked. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. So it was it was a very powerful event. I cried right through it and and definitely was glad that I went. It's 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 right. It is a rally to bring people together to see who's in your community. I made one very important connection that day. One important connection is a lot, right? If you don't have friends, there's so many of us in, in, in the truth community that say I'm so isolated. I have no one to talk to. I can't. Well, go to a rally. Find one friend. Because you're you're going to feel different when you've got somebody to talk to. That's how I made it through the first five years of me waking up when I had one person I could talk to. It's actually why I do this. Although at the time I started it, it was just because the energy of having a heartfelt conversation and that flow state that you could generate between yourself and the other person, you know, where two of them are gathering my name, there I am, that type of thing. How 
what I actually think and feel and know about things can come out more clearly when I'm in this type of a dialogue. That was why I started the show. But now I'm so glad I did because if I was here right now, I'd be and I hadn't started it. I'd be thinking, well, I need to do something. I need to speak up about what's going on. I need to find a way. And you know, my my part is small, and it's just a drop in the bucket with everybody else's efforts. But if I didn't have this, then you and I wouldn't be friends. Like, I get to have this conversation with people like you, or last week with Wayne, about things I'm fascinated with, or that are highly important, usually both. And uh, in my personal life, it doesn't exist. And the, the few places where it exists, it's just like a fraction of the depth that we can get into in a two hour sit down. I mean, how often do people even sit and talk for two hours face to face? Like we're, we're screen face to face, but we're doing the best we can here. So I think that I, I really encourage people to get involved in alternative as uh you know, sketchiest telegram might be in terms of the ownership. I'm pretty sure the owner or the C the founder of telegram has uh, Klaus Schwab world economic forum membership and all that. But the fact remains that we can at least communicate there currently without the trolls piling in. And it's very, it's very, very heartwarming to see all the information being shared in your group, in my group, and the people there who maybe don't have their own YouTube channel or hosting a show, but they've been just as ear to the ground on all this stuff and more as any host and can contribute amazing insights and share those with each other and feel less disconnected and feel less alone. It's more important than ever that we are just ditching, the, ditching what's not working. Fedbook, it's not working. The only reason I even have a Fedbook account is so that I can promote these things to the, my mom and dad, who are the only ones who are allowed to see what I post on Fedbook. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting like that to me too. That my, my heavily suppressed numbers and uh, <clears throat> and likes. Yeah, my videos that I used to get, you know, between five hundred and a thousand views on videos on on Facebook, and there's like twenty seven now. Right. Just nothing. Crickets going on. It was like, people don't like me over there. It's like, no, no, being suppressed. Uh, speaking of that, what happened after you live streamed that uh, rally? Right. So uh, I, I went on to my YouTube later. It, it, Facebook didn't touch it. Facebook did not touch it, actually. They, they let it go. So they're, they're obviously not corroborating with each other as much as we think they might be some days. And, but I went on to my YouTube that evening to look at my uh, video from the day before, in fact. And YouTube announced that I, I was on a strike and I was not able to, to stream or, or post or comment for uh, a week. And I was actually very sure that it had been for my interview with David Jason Giarmita because they talked about, uh, you know, how to get out of the poison dart uh, mandates and all of that kind of thing. So I was I was very sure it was them and they'd use all the buzzwords, hadn't hadn't couched anything in, in our lingo at all but uh i i discovered soon after it was for the rally and uh and it was and it was for medical misinformation right a bunch of people getting up and giving first-hand accounts of their own thing the same thing happened to me on another stream where i talked about my own ptsd from being attacked in public and they and they slammed me with medical misinformation yeah because you can totally have ptsd be for people not using the correct pronoun but when it comes to being like assaulted in public over not covering your divine spirit with uh, three or four diapers, 
that is medical misinformation. How dare you belittle everyone out there who has gender pronoun PTSD, Beth? <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't even realize I was doing it until you pointed it out. Thank you for enlightening me. <laughs> oh my God, what a what a shit yeah, show. Yeah, and then we're Patreon in. right after that, right? Patreon kicked you off. The same day, actually, I went to same watch. Day. Yeah, yeah, you're one of my few things that I support on Patreon, and I went to watch one of your videos, and uh, it shoots up a big yellow banner saying that the uh, the trust and safety team has unlaunched your your uh, your account. I'm like, oh, thank you very much, and uh, thank God I didn't spend a lot of time gathering patrons for this platform that I already suspected was not cool. So that's why I'm glad for Rockfin because at least until further notice, they are totally cool with anything on there and it's already become other than the fact that you know they pay me in a more complicated form of monopoly money <laughs> it's already yeah. better than patreon which i've been working on for years so as a fellow rockfin creator you've got access to the primo stuff over there automatically and i am happy to say that you're one of the viewers and live chatters in my shows sometimes and that is exactly what I want to see. The, the deep individuals. I'm not here to like achieve mass appeal. I want to put out content for the people who are sharing information in some way or another, whether, you know, in their personal life or on their own channels. Like I'm, I'm here for the, the really heady folks, but <laughs> pretty soon we're actually going to move over to just Rockfin exclusively for the rest of this conversation. And what I plan on talking about in the second hour is getting into the concept of your rights and how to exercise them properly, what the documentation might look like or where to find it that you can use and, you know, just really deep dive as best we can into the solution side of, because you know, I get this question possibly more than anything else on Telegram. Uh, a friend of a friend wants to know what they can do about the fact that X, Y, or Z is now being required at their place of enslavement. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part of our two for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. I'll share the link in the uh, live chat as well. But Beth, before we mosey over there, I want to give you the floor to just say anything that you want to say to the three hour people about whatever you're working on or whatever you just want to share. Just go for it. No time mm -hmm. limit. Yeah, for some reason, you don't have the bandwidth to go over for the second hour, which I do highly, highly recommend. Uh, you could look into the Choose Freedom Law Summit that Matt Beller and myself have hosted. It is if you if you just Google Choose Freedom Law Summit or maybe chance you're able to drop a link in after if I send them to you, then uh, we hosted now 21 speakers in who are who are experienced and true experts in the field of law now to varying degrees so disclaimer that this is not advice but it's a really great way to get a little bit of knowledge in a in a uh, concentrated forum there are some documents there a lot of different approaches it's still very much buyer beware but you get to find out who you are which is a major thing we'll talk about in in the second hour you could visit my, my website, bethmartins.com. There's my book, A Map of Archetypes to Find Lost Purpose in a Sea of Meaninglessness, which helps you to sort out the inner world that is the very reason that we are hoodwinkable in, in the first place, right? They can scare the crap out of us because we don't know who we are. Uh, we don't understand the level of programming that has taken place. You think it's you, but it's not you. And, and I have uh, means and ways to help you prove that. The very last thing I'll say is that I'm hosting a 
uh, Journey Code coaching certification program coming up starting September 13th, where I'm training people in these methods. This was fully sponsored by the pandemic. It inspired me to do this now instead of uh, five or even 10 years uh, from now where I'm teaching people because I thought, well, I'm just one person doing this. I know a variety of people have different methods. This works and it works fast. It, it, even when you don't expect it to work, it works not on you, but because you're willing to step into a place of, of radical self-responsibility to know actually who you are, where you're stuck, and make powerful choices about your freedom. So that's coming up. And if you'd like to join, there's only four spots left. So just uh, knock on my door. You can email me, beth at bethmartins.com, and look at uh, the, all the details on my website as well. So those are the things. You can also do an archetype quiz just to find out where you are in the path of purpose that leads to uh, understanding my book as well, how, how you fit in with that map of the hero's journey. Yeah, when I did the archetype quiz, I got super ninja wizard, I believe. Super ninja <laughs> wizard would be the alchemist. <laughs> there you go. There you Best go. That's book awesome. is phenomenal. I can never really recommend it highly enough. Mm. I read that and gained, as someone who's experienced in the study of psychology, it helped me plenty. I'll just say that. Like it really does. It always improves the way that you can self-analyze or self-reflect to have a new scaffolding of thought and, you know, categorize the ways your behavior may be influencing uh, different behaviors and different personality traits might be playing off of each other. The archetypes give you so much wisdom whenever you can just break them down and be like, oh yeah, okay, so this dynamic is because of this feeling. And sometimes, and I mean, generally the hustle and bustle of life, we're so constantly overstimulated that we might not even have time to think, let alone reflect. So Beth's book is a good one to reflect with. I highly recommend it. And let's see, I gave the wrong link to the hour two. I accidentally gave my link for the control panel of that. So hold on a second, guys. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know that. Michelle, we're using your real name because Beth did. <laughs> and outed. I hope that's okay. Yeah, exactly. You just have to tell me if it's not okay. I'll stop doing that. And this first hour really flew by, but we're going to have a musical interlude. Fans of the show know I always put a song at the end of each episode, something I'm into at the time. But for a live stream, I want to give everyone plenty of time to take a break or go get themselves on Rockfin if they make an account or whatever the case may be. So we've got about four minutes of excellent music from RC the Rapper. The song is called Just Say No. And it's great, <laughs> great advice about the most powerful word that you could ever utter and probably the most lost word in our demasculated society, which is the divine masculine incarnate in a, in a word, in the logos, it is no. We say no to that which does not serve. We say no to evil. We say no to tyranny. And the more that we can say no and make the, our non-consent very clear, the less leeway any of these parasites have over our controlling our lives so beth thank you for hanging out and i look forward to the second hour everybody in the chat it's been lovely to see all the comments and we will catch you over on rockfin if you are already a patreon member and don't want to sign up for rockfin hold tight i will get the playback of the second hour on patreon asap after this is over and all right this is it uh rc the rapper just say no
With a touch of the flu And I'm kind of skeptical of what he told me to do He said that I should lock myself inside my room for a year Shut my non-essential business down and cower in fear I said, Doc, I don't know, that seems so out of line Give it three, maybe four days, I bet I'll be fine He said, no, you must not, you must wait for the shot Everybody's gotta get it or society stops I said, Doc, I don't know, is that all really true? These shots are brand new, they ain't fully approved He said, no, you can trust us, it's the latest in science Never mind the people dying, just give up your compliance I said, Doc, you must have me mistaken with someone pliable I can't trust you if none of these companies are liable So I'm gonna stay the course like a one-way road Take your vaccine and shove it, I'ma just say no Just say no Just say no On our minds and our bodies and our souls. They ain't looking out for you. It's a scam and it's all about control. So doing what they say won't make it go away. Oh no, but they don't know the lengths I'll go through rain and snow. I gain so I left the doctor's office and stepped onto the street, feeling troubled by the lies and campaign of deceit. But I'm not easily defeated. I'm not one to retreat. I tried to make a post about it. They deleted the tweet. Undeterred, I stood on the corner holding a sign. The cops showed up. I got arrested and fined. They told me that my words are considered a crime. Next, they'll be coming for the thoughts in your mind. I knew they were wrong. I took my ticket and left. They're trying to make it difficult for those of us who resist. And with every headline, the propaganda continues. Now they say I'm gonna need a shot to step in a venue. All according to script, going exactly as planned. Next, they're gonna wanna put a microchip in our hand. They say conspiracy theory, and that's all that they do. But it isn't just a theory if it keeps coming true. And that's why I'm gonna just say, just say no. No, just say no. 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 Just say what? The final boss battle I'm not about to back down I'm hopping in the saddle I'm coming at it from a different angle Like a southpaw The system is corrupt So it's good to be an outlaw I'm rallying the troops I'm looking for the liars Who know that we will never get more freedom with compliance If the passports happen We won't get away with just one They're gonna make us take a new shot Every six months It's only getting worse Every time that we comply more They take away the rights that our grandparents died for Time to defy And let the vibes rise more Make a better world for our kids what we strive for and that means getting rid of all restrictions and masks saying no to passports and resisting the jab it's time to kick some dust up like an unpaved road so join me in chris sky and just say no just say no just say no, just say no.